Good morning, and welcome to the Old Readers Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. Today we are reading from the big book. We are in Bill's story on page 12, and we are reading paragraph 4 only. That begins with, it was only a matter of being willing. Today's readers are... Leah L. is going to do the steps for us, Sam S., the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text are going to be Irene B. and Wendy M., and we have Martha Z. as a backup. The newcomer greeter is Vinnie T., and the host for the second hour will be Nancy P. The reference numbers for yesterday, I have the 7 a.m. number, for yesterday, 15,579, and we'll be getting the 10 a.m. Um, code as the time goes on. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. And this is our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And now I'm going to ask Leah L. to read the 12 steps for us. Thank you so much. My name is Leah L. I'm from New York City, and I'm very grateful to do service this morning. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. 
continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Leah. And now CMS is going to read the 12 traditions. Sam? We can't hear you, Sam. There we go. Sorry there you that. are. Hey, Penny, good morning. Thanks for your service. Um, Sam S., compulsive overeater from Rhode Island. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, CMS. And now here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify ourselves as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what we read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you would press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, please let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. 
in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 12 in Bill's story, and we are on paragraph 4 that begins with, it was only a matter of being willing, just that one paragraph. And I'm going to ask Irene B. to start us off this morning. Good morning, Irene. Good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your service. I am Irene B., recovered bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. Okay. Uh, would I have it? Um, those are the words that, that really uh, grabbed me in reading this paragraph because at the end of the day, what exists out there is the universe and, and, and it's beautiful and it's fine and dandy. But the universe that I live in, the one that I control, the one that rules me, is my own universe. And would I have it? You know, it's like knowing that God exists, but he's out there for everybody else except me. Um, I'm not saying that's what I believe, but but I used to. And uh, would I have it? You know, um, that's a matter of thinking, and, and this is, I feel like this is completely off what the main topic here. We're talking about willingness. and um, But the words that get to me is like, would I have it? And, and, and what comes to me is have it. The it is so much. I know that we're talking about willingness. But will I be able to make myself move upon that willingness because willingness is more than desire. It's like, am I willing to? Yeah, I want to. Yeah, but but willingness involves action, it seems like to me. You know, it, it's it's getting out of the wishy-washy and, 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 you know, putting on my big girl bridges on and take the steps and do the work, and grow up. So am I willing to believe that there is something bigger than me that can get me out of the rut? Yes, I am willing to believe because I've been proved time and again, and even if I didn't have proved when I'm down, when I'm down for the count, it's like I'm out of options. So I have to be willing to believe. Otherwise, the alternative is is, is not good. So, um, but I, I just, willingness to believe, it, it just, it seems wishy-washy. There's got to be action behind that. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene B. 
and I'll be ready to take uh, names pretty soon. Just uh, let me just say that we're asking some. Okay, uh, we're asking that uh, anyone who shared in the last two days, that would be Monday or Tuesday of this week, on any of the meetings, please hold back and let other people have their voices heard. Uh, thank you for for that. Um, for doing that. And so um, we're going to just share on one paragraph for three minutes each. Um, And please, the other thing is please give us where you are from in order that people who might want to look up your name on the member list will know who you are. Who would like to share? Melissa B. New York. Hold on. Who's from New York? Melissa C. Melissa C. Hi, Melissa. Okay. Thank you. Lisa B. Lisa B. Shelly C. R. Shelly. Reva P. Did you get Nancy P? Reva. Did I get whom, please? Nancy P. Oh, no, I didn't, Nancy. I'll put you down right now. Rick Nancy J. N. A. And Rick. Rick, what? And Rick J, oh, is on. it? Rick J, yes. Okay, well, I'm going to stop there. We have six people. That would be wonderful. So let's start with Melissa C. Good morning, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And, um, you know, I love this. Like, I only need to be willing. That's it. Nothing more is required to make my beginning. And so we're told it's complete willingness. Um, willingness is indispensable because um, it's the foundation so that I can have what I see in others. Like that's the piece. If I want what they, if I want to have what they have, then I have to be willing to do what they do. And, you know, my experience um, was that I knew I wasn't well. You know, I knew I had crossed this line and it had nothing anymore to do with my weight. Although, like, to the outside, you would have thought, wait, what do you mean? Like, your weight is clearly your problem. But I knew there was something really wrong with me internally and nothing I had been doing was working. And so I was desperate. And desperation is the key component to willingness. I think it's like, you know, 100 parts desperation and then, wait, I see someone have what I, what I believe I could have, and then I have that little piece of hope. And together, desperation and hope form a beautiful, you know, bond that makes willingness. Um, and, but I had this very cynical, smart-ass response, because I'm so smart, um, or thought I was, to forming even my own conception. You know, I talked about that in the paragraph before. Because for me, it sounded so made up and overly simplistic. And and I would say, well, um, you just told me that my my brain was what was wrong. Like, that's the crux of my problem. But now, if I'm making my own conception, aren't you telling me to use my broken brain to create this God thing? That sounds like a hoax. And, um, you know, and thankfully, I mean, I really did have this sort of experience where I knew it wasn't my father's voice. But my my loving creator knew a voice that would get through to my icy intellectual mountain. And I heard this voice in my head. It sounded just like something my dad would have said. My dad is gone. 
And it was like, uh, stop being so smart. You want to get well? Don't be so smart, little girl. And that that's basically it. I think that's the foundation. That's what makes you willing. Do you want to get well? If you want to get well, then you take the action. And upon that, everything begins. And it's just a start, right? It's just, it's not the spiritual experience per se at step two, but it's the willingness to chase it down, to do anything in order to form this relationship with a higher power. And and God is so easy for me, it was so easy, that once I was willing, it is the key that unlocks the door. Everything else fell into place. And thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. And next we have Lisa B. Oh, good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I spell my name L-E-S-A. Thank you for your service. Um, you know, I was looking at this reading this morning and thinking about where I am today, and the passage that was so important was a foundation of complete willingness, and I pray that that foundation of complete willingness never goes away. And, you know, for me, it's the stuff of minimizing um, and, you know, keeping things private to myself. And looking at all of the steps, looking at all of the traditions, looking at the legacies, you know, of service, recovery, and unity, um, all of those things is today what I need to have to help me stay completely willing. And I can't keep me, you know, completely willing. I need to place myself in position to receive that grace. And how do I place myself in position to receive that grace, to receive that power by going through all of the steps? And for whatever reason this morning when I was listening to the opening part of the meeting where they were reading the steps, you know, and it says admitted to God, to another fellow, the exact nature of our wrongs. And so much today, that's where my willingness needs to show up, not keeping things private, but admitting to another person and my higher power, the exact nature of my wrongs. It's, I'm really seeing how all of the steps every day, you know, and I know that 10, 11, and 12, when I live in those, I am living in all of the steps, but I really find it helpful to review all of the steps, you know, one through 12 and ask myself, you know, am I really living in these? Am I in the unity? Am I active in the fellowship? And I need to do the same things today that I did as a newcomer, which were the tools, you know, reaching out to fellows every single day when two o'clock rolls around and I haven't connected with another recovered compulsive overeater or a newcomer or made plans to connect with one of those I need to really get going. And um, it's all of those things. It's listening to the meeting and listening for my favorite shares. How am I identifying in? And then reaching out to those fellows, staying active in the middle of the fellowship, Um, really sharing my inventories, not just doing it privately on my own. Because, you know, on my own, even though I'm recovered, I still can fool myself and also I start to feel better than I can feel better than others or I can feel worse than others so those are all the things today um, it's just so wonderful the way the program is set up with the traditions the legacies all of the steps if I do those things every day that's my foundation for entire willingness and prayer and meditation I was taught meditation is not optional you know and learning to grow 
that prayer life and that meditation life and actively working with others. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. And next we have Shelly. Shelly, please tell me the initial of your last name. Good morning. This is Shelly C.R. from Minnesota. Thank you. I'm very grateful to be here today. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so what jumps out for me with this, I always love the reminder because when I came in this program, um, you know, I didn't have a higher power and a concept of a power greater than myself, like that was a foreign concept because like I was in charge, right? So, um, you know, but the thing that I had, you know, I when I came into program for real because I had come to a meeting at one point in time uh, a few years prior and I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't need this. I got this. I'll figure it out. Um, and then, of course, things got worse because this is a progressive illness. <laughs> and so, um, you know, as, as when I when I actually came into program, um, then I, I was desperate enough. And because of that, I had some willingness. And so that part about just having a power greater than myself, that that's all I needed, uh, that was really a relief. And that was so helpful to me, a person who had a background with some contention within religion and whatnot. And so... Um, it was just really helpful to kind of open things up and look at things from a different perspective. And so I really appreciate that part of things. And what this does, you know, when I think about this now, um, is that at any point in time, you know, I'm, I consider myself a recovered compulsive overeater at this point in time. And so therefore, I can also recognize that on an ongoing basis, I have growth from any, there's different starting points, right? And so I just need to have willingness around whatever it is. And the more that I'm in program and the more I'm in connection with my higher power, the more I have these examples of how being open and being willing really allows for that growth to happen. Um, And so, you know, I just met with my sponsor this morning talking about defects of character. and, And again, the more that I'm willing, right, to turn it over honestly, truly, deeply, and I'm able to experience, um, that the change that my higher power takes over and I don't need to be in control of those things. Um, and so I'm just so grateful because, you know, it's not about the food anymore. Um, I'm, I have reprieved from that on a daily basis, but it's about me taking the action and part of that action is being willing every day um, to be open to these new experiences. And um, so I'm very grateful to be here and with that I will pass. Thank you, uh, Shelly Sia. And now we have Reva. I don't have your initial either. Please tell me, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I love how um, each step propels me to the next step. And for me, it was really simple. I got to step one because I kept trying and trying and getting more and more miserable and getting sicker and sicker and spending more and more nights lying on the floor in my clothes after incredible um, binges, um, and I couldn't do it anymore. I just could not manage, control um, this food issue. And I was at a bottom, 
physically, spiritually. I just couldn't. So when I came in and I heard, I'm powerless, I'm not supposed to be able to control this thing, um, and there's a power that can help me, it was really simple. Do I need power? Yeah, because I'm not doing a great job on my own. So, you know, step one is I I can't do this. I need some help. I need a power that's not me. And that's all that step two is. It's really simple. I just need some kind of power that's bigger than me. All right, come up with the concept. Um, Just anything. And I love this just. Just believe in something. It could be the door, the group. I'll take your higher power, anything. I just know that I can't do it anymore. And that was wonderful, and that was the beginning. And I'm really paying attention to the word beginning here because step two is a beginning. I can have some conception. I can have even some spiritual awareness. But I don't get a spiritual awakening or a spiritual experience until I'm close to like step 11. So being willing means I'm prepared, I'm ready. That's all it is. Then in step three, I got to make a decision. Am I going to do the work? And then I do the work of the rest of the steps and I get some kind of awakening. And it's over and over. I do the cycle over and over because, you know, step 10 begins with step one. Can I control this person, this situation, um, anything in my life, I have to get to a point where I fully concede I can't do this. And it's so much more than the food as we grow in this program. So I'm glad I didn't pay attention to the word growth because I didn't come here to grow. I came here to get the food in order and get out of here. Um, so I'm so glad it makes it really simple. How are you doing with your life and your food? Not great. Okay, I need some power. And then slowly, slowly start doing the work to access that power. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Thank you so much. And now, Nancy P. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Penny. Thank you for calling on me. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Grateful today. So this, it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Well, you know, that you might as well have told me that all I had to do is become um, a brain surgeon. So I have to go to undergraduate school, medical school, internship, residency, and then like rounds and all kinds of things like that. So maybe 10 years later, I'd be a brain surgeon. And that's what it felt like, like it was a desert that I had to cross or a mountain that I had to climb because, you know, I'm still, I was and am proudly agnostic, you know, but what, you know, I heard on a, on a, Sunday special, you know, somebody said, how do you get the willingness? And the woman said, you know, willingness is overrated. Desperation is what you need. And that was like a secret key that opened, you know, the walls turned around and the floor fell away. And, you know, it turned into a whole different room for me when I heard that, because, you know, what I was willing to do is eat and be thin at the same time. That's what I was willing to do. And, um, and, you know, I, I finally came, you know, sobbing, to my knees, that's not even accurate. I finally came like face first into the mud and I said, just tell me what to do. And, and I was told, and I still thought, you know, I still got this mountain in front of me because I don't believe really, you know, I'm not sure I believe in God. And the only reason I'm not an out and out atheist is because I might be wrong. 
and um, and I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. And so, you know, I, I got over the, that problem by, as my sponsor said, figure out what you want, she uses the word God, what you want God to be and what you want God to do for you. And I did that. I threw out everything I'd ever heard, thought, perceived, was taught, read, anything that I heard that I knew about that. And I said, what do I want? And I, I did come up with my own um, conception. And it works for me. And it might, it probably wouldn't work for most people. But, you know, the data show me that I haven't eaten compulsively or hurt myself with food in three years. And that is a miracle. And, um, you know, I have a, I, I work with scientists and we were all at lunch once and I, I said something to the effect of, you know, it's not brain surgery. And as it happens, my friend Howard is a brain surgeon and he said, neither is brain surgery as it turns out. And I always say that to my sponsees because it seems like, you know, medical school, residency, you know, all these things. But even that isn't, isn't like that hard. And so for me, the one step between willingness and success is surrender. And, or between desperation and success is surrender. And, you know, everybody's heard it from me before. Surrender, surrender, surrender. And um, once I did that, then I had, since I have done that, I have had no trouble staying surrendered. And the thing, the key, the other key that, you know, turns the walls around and has the floor fall away that keeps me surrendered is, as it says in the first sentence of working with others, practical experience says that nothing works so well to ensures immunity from compulsive overeating is intensive work with other compulsive overeaters. And so, you know, that's the 12th step is the jewel in the crown that allows me to work all these other steps. And so, um, you know, I go on my happy way, you know, agnostic as ever. Thank you. I'll wrap up. I'm as, I'm as agnostic as ever, but I'm happier than I've ever been. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. And now Rick J. Would you share? Good morning, Penny. Uh, this is Rick J. from North Carolina. I am a compulsive overeater. I recovered, but not cured, as my dear friend says. And I always say that because the first time I heard that was at a meeting, and um, you know, a woman was speaking and sharing, and you know, and I, I could see and and hear God in her. Um, you know, and. I would leave the meetings, you know, I'd leave these LA meetings and I'd just be wanting to kind of get out. And somehow she always had this way of getting in front of me and, you know, and would tell me the thing I needed to hear, but I didn't want to hear. But she would say it with such conviction and, and, uh, you know, and love and caring that I just, I had to listen, you know, I didn't really know what to do, but to stand there and listen. And, you know, and eventually I, I could see, you know, with her and other people, you know, that, they were um, they were on a different footing because they shared enough about their experience that I could truly relate with them, and I could see that they were in a different place. They had been transformed, um, and you know, and I I wanted that. Um, I loved that this this sentence says it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required for me to make my beginning. You know, it doesn't say I have to believe in God. You know, it really doesn't. Um, and Bill was kind of teed up by Ebby, you know. Um, you know, Ebby teed it up for him, you know, to take that golf shot, that swing. Um, because he's, he's like, 
you know, when he asked him that question, which to me was the most important question that's ever been asked in, in my life that affects me and millions of others probably, why don't you choose your own conception of God? And all of a sudden, you know, everything that I believed and all my prejudices, I was given the choice to let this power be whatever I needed it to be. Now, this really isn't going to help me much if I'm not already at a place where I am completely powerless. You know, so step one, you know, we admitted we're powerless over food. Our lives have become unmanageable. Well, where do we go from there? We need a power. And immediately we get right into it, you know, um, and it's that willing to believe. For me, that's step two right here, this sentence. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more is required. So for me, I don't care about names like, you know, that or labels, atheist, agnostic. You know, all I ask myself or I'm interested in others, um, were you powerless? Are you willing to believe in a power greater than yourself? Oh, good. I mean, if, if we're working the steps, it doesn't matter about labels. It's just like I don't need to know, you know, did uh, did you go to mass? Did you go to the temple? Did you go to a revival? I mean, it doesn't matter where people go or what they do or what they call themselves. You know, in the language of the heart, all I need to hear is, are you working the steps? You know, and how do I work that? And Abby showed Bill with his own recovery. Bill could see the, the miracle sitting across the table that when Bill asked him that, or Abby asked Bill that question, then that gave him the freedom to let it be whatever he needed. And then we launch on this journey. That's time, Rick. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rick J. And when I say it's time, you certainly can wrap up. And um, so just to remind everybody, the folks that may not have been here, to know where we are in the big book, we are in Bill's story, page 12, the fourth paragraph that begins with, it was only a matter of being willing. And again, please, when you give your name, please tell us where you're from, what state or country you're from. I'm ready to take more names. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Jen A. Oh, hold on. I, I need to stop. Let's start again. Who was who were the first two people came Janet in together? Nessa R. And all I got out of that was Nessa R. And I know there were at least two before her. Darian K. Janet Darian. Darian and Jen. All right. I have Darian, Jen, Nessa. Who else? Janet. Janet. Okay. Priscilla. Priscilla. And I'm going to ask all of you to tell me your last initial and where you're from when you share. All right. One more. One more person. Destin B. from France. Is it Destin? Delphine. Spell that for me, please. D-E-L-P-H-I-N-E. Oh, that's pretty. Thank you so much, Delvine. All you. right. So I have I have um Darian, I think we have a Jen, Nessa A, Janet, Priscilla, and Delvine. Go ahead, Darian K. 
Good morning, Penny. I'm Darian Kay. Um, I'm from the Berkshires of Massachusetts. Um, recovered for today and super grateful to be on the line with all of you. Um, so, yeah, willingness is um, oh, it's just, it's the key. It really is the key. Um, yes, desperation needs to sort of be um, a sort of a prerequisite, um, but having willingness um, to you know, work the program and follow, you know, a guide um, who has gone before me, um, you know, to get to the place that they are, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's so important. And I, I'm so grateful that I took that step, that little tiny step, because I'm, I'm a baby step person. <laughs> um, and so I'm, you know, and then sometimes I'll go backwards and then baby step in the water. Um, and so that was a baby step for me, um, you know, to get to where I am today and um, and the willingness just continues I mean it started with the food obviously but then it, you know am I willing to you know look at my part in things am I willing to change am I willing to grow um, am I willing to not get my way um, there's just so much right that that we um, learn about when it comes to um, the willingness to do things and then it is a foundation you know I love the way Bill really does things image, imagery wise and, and helps us to see that it's it's sort of that that bottom layer um that you need to build a strong steady um uh foundation you know to to eventually build a you know a building of some kind that's you know strong and sturdy and gets through weathers through anything um that that might happen in, in life so I am so grateful to um, to know that this is the very first um, step, and it's you know it's it just continues from there, you know. And we all work together. That's the thing too. We're not we're not alone. We work this program all together. And we help each other. And then so if the willingness is difficult, um, you know, we call new people or we talk to other people and we find out how did you get willing? How did you? take that baby step um, in the water? Um, how, how did you get past the fear and the, um, you know, uh, just the unknown, really, the fear of the unknown? So it's, it's, uh, it's lovely. And I so appreciate all of you out there. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Darian Kay. And I think we had a Jen. Was there a, anyone named Jen that um, gave That's her me, name? Penny. Jen A? <laughs> Yeah, thanks for oh, hearing good. me in, in, the, in the mess and the mess and the whatever it was. I appreciate it. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to share this morning. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater here in Littleton, Colorado. And, oh, boy, can I identify in with Bill, right? Um, you know, I, I'll just say this. When I first came to Overeaters Anonymous, I was willing. I was willing to go to meetings. Um, and I was also willing to do what you all said, and I got a sponsor, willing to get a sponsor, um, but willing to believe that something greater than myself was going to uh, give me neutrality and take away this insanity and this desire to eat. Like, I thought you guys were crazy, right? Like, I, trust me, because I believed, right? I trusted and, and put my confidence into a God for years. Um, but I, that belief was still backed with disbelief and doubt, and that's what kept me stuck. 
And um, it was one time a man said to me, he's like, you know, he said, Jen, God is beyond your comprehension. You don't have to comprehend God. You don't have to know God to believe in God. You just have to be willing to say that there is one, that there is a power out there that's greater than yourself. And then he said the next thing to me. He said, God is all powerful. He's all knowing. And he is everywhere and present. So then I said, okay, well, if your God is so big, he's like, try it. And he said to me, you know what, Jen, there better be a God or the game's over for you. And that's where I swallowed hard, right? And it hit me. Because if there isn't a God and there isn't a power greater than myself, then I am going to be stuck and I'm going to live doomed and gloomed for the rest of my life, continuing to sit my face over the American Standard toilet where my butt should be, throwing up, throwing laxatives down my throat, binging and purging, spending hours in the gym. That was my life, right? Because that's how I stayed thin. That's how I got here skinny, right? Was doing all those things. I, I, I learned how to manipulate the food. I learned how to manipulate people and life. So how was I going to change? Well, I'll just say that I was out of ideas. I was desperate. And then I became willing to take action. And all this was was just willing to believe. That's where growth could start, right? G-O, go. And just move on. Like, I don't have to sit in a step. I don't have to figure God out. If God was there to figure it out, oh, if I got God, then I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's too complicated. Don't complicate it, Jen. Just move on. And I did. Steps one, two, and three was pretty darn quick for me. And then I could move on with the steps and start to uncover and discover the girl that God had me set out to be. And he talks about melting the icy intellectual mountain. I'll tell you what God's doing for me today. He's melting a lot of other things for me. And one thing he's doing for sure is he's melting my heart. I've never been so in love with God. And who knew, right? Because that's not how I was when I first came in this program. So someone said to me on this line one time, they said, test God, see where he's lacking. Um, and, that's what, and that's what I think, you know, you just do. Every single day I test God. God loves me. He never lets me down. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Penny. Thanks, Jen A. And now, Nessa R., your turn. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I, too, used to say that willingness was overrated, and this was fueled by experiences I had in some of the rooms of the way where um, people would say, I'm not willing to do this or that, but I'm willing to pray. I'm willing to be willing, you know, um, and that was really, really hokey. Uh, people were using it as a smokescreen to not do uh, what they needed to do to get well, to continue doing what they were doing and continue getting what they were getting. And they showed uh, no recovery, certainly no physical recovery. And when they talked about recovery, instead of measuring them, me- measuring the recovery by neutrality around the food. It was measured by uh, how much they were or were not yelling at their children. And, and that was a real turnoff for me because um, that's not what I wanted. Um, I didn't want to be coming to the rooms for years and years and years and have nothing to show for it except maybe I'm screaming at my kids less. 
um, until a friend in program taught me that willingness doesn't mean wanting to do something. Willingness means doing it even though I don't want to because it's the right thing, because it will help me, because what I'm currently doing um, doesn't work for me. Um, I don't want to give up cheesecake. I don't want to weigh and measure my food. I don't want to... I don't want to spend hours of my day um, going to meetings, talking to sponsees, doing step 10s, doing step 11s. I don't want to do all that, but I'm willing to do it. And I do it because, because eating cheesecake and not weighing and measuring my food and not spending the time I need to spend on working these, these amazing recovery steps, um, that would be a miserable, angry, fearful, overweight human being. And I don't want to be that anymore. So I don't want to, but I am willing. Uh, and thank God for that willingness. And I don't have to pray for the willingness. And I don't have to pray to be willing, to be willing, to be willing, to be willing. Um, all I have to do is see um, who has come before me and how much this has worked for them and helped them in their lives and be strengthened by, by that, you know, like there's living proof. You know, if something has worked for millions of people across the globe, across the socioeconomic racial spectrum, across the addiction spectrum, is it not going to be work, is it not going to work for me? Of course it, it will. And it did, and it continues to work as long as Kindness. I continue to work it. Thank you. And so when you ask, I am willing, yes, do I, I am willing. I want to, no, but I'm definitely willing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa. Uh, and now, Janet. Good Hi, morning, Janet. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, this is Janet B., recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. Good morning. Um, so I was willing to put the food down. I was willing to be on a food plan, call in my food, weigh and measure my food, have no binge foods, and you know what? I couldn't do it. But of course I couldn't do it because on page 24 of our book, it tells us that there comes a point in the life of every normal drinker or eater where the most powerful desire to stop is of absolutely no avail. So my willingness to stop, of course, wasn't going to help because my problem wasn't lack of willingness. It was lack of power. So I needed to be willing to believe in God. And then that brought up two questions. Why? Why is willingness so important? And then how? How do I do it? Well, the why. Willingness to believe in God is really faith. And just like in the physical world, we have currency, right? If I want a bag of groceries, I go to the grocery store, I hand them a $20 bill, and I get a bag of groceries. That's the currency to get things done. But in the spiritual world, faith is the currency, right? Obviously, I can't hand God a $20 bill, but I hand him faith. I say, God, okay, I believe. I believe or I'm willing to believe. And then... So that's the why, because faith is really the currency that can start accessing power, and then the how. 
for me, it started with the maybe. I believed in God, but thought he was there for war and poverty and starving children in foreign countries. But it was saying maybe. Maybe you're there and maybe you can help me. And for someone who doesn't believe at all, it can start with, God, I don't know if you're there. And if you're there, I don't know if you care about me. But if you are there and you do care, I need help. And the worst that happens is nothing. But the best that happens is that there is a God, and he does respond, and he starts giving us power over the obsession. And that was my experience, and that's the experience of every single person who does it. And thank you so much, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Janet B. And next we have Priscilla. Thank you. This is Priscilla in New Jersey. I love this paragraph. Um, I just love this paragraph. I'm so glad we're done with Bill's drunk log, and now we're into his recovery. Um, A matter of being willing to believe. Um, I've got to say that Bill did not seem to really think there was such a thing as an atheist, but there is, and I was. I was an atheist um, when I first came into program. I... And I've got to say, willingness is not the whole thing. Willingness to believe is not the whole thing. I could be willing to believe that I'm six feet tall, but I'm five foot two at this point. I'm shrinking as an old lady. Um, Is that going to make me six feet tall if I believe that I'm six feet tall? No, of course not. But what I can be willing to do is act as if I were six feet tall. And that probably will allow me to hold my head up higher and stand up straighter and be a little bit taller. So I became willing to act as if I had heard that expression. I had been to a zillion 12-step meetings before I got into recovery, and I had heard the expression, fake it till you can make it, and also the expression, act as if. And so what I became willing to do was fake it until I could make it. And I knew how to do that because of what I saw in my friend. This was a woman who was a colleague, a co-worker, and she talked very openly every day about her recovery program. So I knew what she did. And I thought, okay, my life is such a total mess. This was not about the food even. This was about my car, my house, my food, my skin, my body, my job, my everything was just effed up, if you'll pardon my thought. (coughs) And so I decided to act as if I believed in a, a higher power. And you know what? That was good enough. That was good enough. I began talking like my friend talked acting like my friend acted, and things began to change. And within a year, I was living in a different place, had a different car, had a different job, had a, had a husband, had a different name. My life was changing. I'm not going to tell you that I've reached nirvana. No, I'm still, my life is still changing. And to me, the most important part, and I'll wrap up with this, is on page 567, Appendix 2, The Spiritual Experience. Bill's transformation was an instant, amazing, miraculous event for me and for so many others, I think. 
it's an ongoing, gradual process of change, little by little. And so much of that has come about through the study of the big book and listening to A Vision for You. But it's been, I've been in recovery now for pretty soon, it'll be 34 years, and in OA for um, pretty soon, it'll be 32 years, I believe. But um, I'm still having the slow, gradual um, alteration of life through day-by-day experience. So thanks for letting me share. With that Thank you. Day. Thank you so much, Priscilla. And next we have Delvine from France. Good morning. Hi, thank you very much for your service. Uh, my name is Delphine B. from France. Uh, it's funny, I'm, I still have stage fright when I share in these meetings. Um, yeah, this uh, paragraph spoke to me about what I am living right now, experiencing right now. I am uh, in my future house in the south of France with a, a friend of another fellowship. And we are kind of twin sisters in the fellowship. We arrive um, about at the same time, walk the steps at the same pace. And uh, this summer we were together in step four, uh, fighting, um, having some difficulties. And I had a relapse uh, with food. And that's when I uh, I discovered a vision for you and the uh, AAB book way of working the steps and found a sponsor and and so I finished my step four in this other fellowship and it was roughly a really suffering process. My sponsor uh, was telling me put some love, put some love, put some love, but I, I didn't know how to do that. I, I came into the room at, at an atheist. Slowly, slowly I am myself now as a panties but I don't know it was it was tough and and I discovered uh, with the step four way uh, the a vision for you way of working step four to put prayer in it and I'm not sure I was still believing in prayer because of my atheist and anti-religious background but I was willing to believe in it and and so I did the prayers, and as I heard just before, I I didn't act it as if, but I, I really acted saying, okay, that might work. It worked for, for some people, for so many people. So let's try it, and let's try it with really willing to do it with the best of my ability. And, and I've never experienced such a thing. It was such a relief to do these prayers, uh, this resentment prayer, this fear prayer. And I shared that with my with my friend, with my fellow. And today she did the, the resentment prayers for her list. And she, she went to the garden to do that on her own. And she came back. And the same happened to her. And to see, to see it happening in another human being, uh, after having experienced myself, it's, uh, I don't know how to say that. I, I wouldn't say a miracle because I still don't like the word, 
because there is willingness and in the word miracle there for me it's like i i didn't take part in it but i i, I put some willingness but it's not it's close to a miracle and and it's such a gift and i cannot thank that time enough. yeah my sponsor and the woman who told me about a vision for you i hope she hears that i have her so much and thanks i pass Thank you so much, Delvine. And sadly, the time went by so quickly that our sharing time has come to an end. I want to thank everyone who shared and all the team that helped to put this meeting on this morning and definitely the people behind the scenes who are with us every day. Okay. The share ID for today is... 15,589. I'm sorry, I'm hearing an echo. Um, I'm going to ask now that um, Wendy M., would you read the selection on page 164 in a vision for you? Wendy M., Wendy, are you there? Okay, it's Martha Z here. And could you I read can. this? Yes, I Penny, will. Do can it. you hear me? Oh, oh go ahead. okay. Is, is this is this Wendy? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, go I ahead, know. please, Wendy, and thank you, Martha. This is Wendy, Recover Compulsive. Wendy, Hello, we, can you hear me? It's breaking up. Can you, is it okay now? Yes, go ahead. Okay, I'm very sorry. This is Wendy, I'm a Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs> 